my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. We're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are living through right now. Never a dull moment in this space. We are we're in one of those periods where Vladimir Lenin said that there's decades where nothing seems to happen, and then there's days where decades seem to happen. And that's exactly where we're at right now. I've been making content on uh, on uh, YouTube for several years now. And there's lots of times where over the years where I've been like, shoot, what should I talk about right now? <laughs> and uh, lately for the last like two weeks, it's like, uh, I just have this n- never ending amount of stuff to talk about. And it's a, it's a pretty, pretty exciting time. And, you know, with as much information that's coming out, it's hard to one, obviously hard to, to keep up with it. It's even more difficult to um, navigate yourself through it. So like we used to have a problem of getting information, getting the information used to be difficult today. We have too much information. It's like a fire hose. And so now it's discerning the information or maybe even I might even say deciphering the information to understand what it means. And of course, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here for uh, each and every week. Hopefully you're tuning in with me, try to bring you some education to kind of change your perspective, change the way you think about things. Of course, bring you the latest breaking uh, news headlines. So you're up to date because like I said, it is coming on fast. 
And then, of course, uh, bring to you some important guests each and every week. Um, so let's talk about some of the hot news headlines this week. Of course, um, Canada and Russia have been dominating the news headlines. And uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, but I want to talk about a couple other things as well. Um, you know, one thing that uh, you may not pick up on or maybe you don't like when you listen to me is I talk a lot about Bitcoin. Um, I don't talk so much about crypto, right? I use those words. I interchange them back and forth. Um, but, you know, there's a really, really big difference between Bitcoin and crypto. So a lot of times people are like, well, uh, maybe like a Peter Schiff is like, well, you know, there's 15,000 other Bitcoins. Well, there's not. <laughs> there's only one Bitcoin. And then there's a bunch, there's 15,000 cryptos. I would also say the same thing back to Peter Schiff, which is, well, there's a bunch of metal, but there's only one gold, right? There's platinum, palladium, and aluminum, steel, and chrome, and all these things, but there's only one gold. And so with crypto, there's only one Bitcoin. So we make the distinction between Bitcoin and crypto. And the, the main differentiation that I would make in regards to that is that Bitcoin is decentralized and censorship resistant, and it's not controlled by anyone. Like the Federal Reserve uh, is controlled and they can go print more money whenever they want. Um, Bitcoin isn't controlled by anybody. And because of that, they can't change the monetary supply. They can't censor you and all these types of things. There's nobody to do that. And a lot of people might not like that, and you might be offended by that. And if so, uh, shoot me a message on Twitter, at one Mark Moss. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but I want to – there's an article that came out this week that I think really illustrates this. And so what we saw is um, back to the kind of this Russia situation, first Canada, then Russia. And now the whole world, the United States, and everybody's coming after Russia with sanctions, right? We have to sanction them. We have to take away their ability to transact. Um. And uh, and we've we have policymakers or lawmakers. They're starting to call on um, cryptocurrency exchanges to um, censor people or sanction them, whatever you want to call it. Same thing. Um, and when you're, you know, these these exchanges. So I'm talking like Binance or Coinbase or Kraken or whatever. These are centralized companies. They're not pretending to be decentralized, right? They're centralized companies. Um, and you know, if the government tells them that they have to block transactions, they they have to block transactions. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesse Powell, uh, the CEO of Kraken, I saw on Twitter somebody asked him, "Hey, Jesse Powell, uh, you know, I see that the government's you know trying to get these exchanges to censor us. Um, will you will you guys listen to the government?" And he said, "Yes, uh, we." will listen to the government. We cannot protect you. Get your money off the exchange. So they don't, they don't pretend to be decentralized. But what about crypto? Um, I made a statement earlier that Bitcoin is the, you know, the decentralized one that can't be censored, censorship resistant, and people don't like that. Uh, but, but some news came out this week that I think uh, kind of proves the point here. So this headline from just a day ago, MetaMask and Infura block certain areas amid crypto sanctions fury. The two pillars of the Ethereum ecosystem did not say which areas were under blockade. So, but Mark, isn't Ethereum um, decentralized? Isn't uh, XYZ decentralized? Well, I don't believe that there is such thing as a decentralized-ish. And I guess that's really where the debate is. So we've proven that... Um, we, well, we know that, you know, Google and Facebook and all of those and Twitter, they're centralized, right? There's a server that runs the database and there's a group of people that run it and control it and they change the rules, right? Whenever they want. And that's fine. It's centralized and they can do that. 
The opposite of that is decentralized. Instead of one database, there's a million databases. Instead of a, a, a group of people that run it and control it, there's no people that run it and control it, right? That's, that's what it means to me. One is centralized and one is decentralized. What is it when it's in the middle? Like, well, it's, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of decentralized, like a little bit, but like really at the end of the day, like we kind of control it and we can still, you know, we can still affect it. Well, is that decentralized-ish? Does the market need decentralized-ish? So if, um, if you're ever trying to figure out what the heck this blockchain is, if you ever read anything that says that uses the word blockchain, just in your mind, just substitute the word blockchain for slow, inefficient database. So a database is very efficient. A blockchain is a very slow and inefficient database. Now, why the heck, why the heck would you want a slow and inefficient database? Oh, because the trade-off, you trade off the speed and efficiency for security, for censorship resistant. So, um, that is what we have. We have those two, but what is the one in the middle? So back to Ethereum, Ethereum, but Mark, Ethereum is decentralized, right? Well, let's see. So like about six months ago, one of the big gripes that Bitcoin has is uh, against Ethereum is that Bitcoin has a fixed supply. There will never be more than 21 million Bitcoin. Um, what's the supply of Ethereum going to be? Oh, that's right. We don't know. Well, that was a big gripe for so long that Vitalik Buterin, who's the founder of Ethereum, and some of his buddies, they got together and they decided to change it. They changed the monetary issuance of the protocol. But the very fact that people can get together and change that, doesn't that mean it's not decentralized? And if that's not enough proof for you, back to this headline, MetaMask, in fear of block certain areas amid crypto sanctions fury, the two pillars of the Ethereum ecosystem did not say which were under blockade. So what this is saying is that two key pieces of the Ethereum ecosystem, MetaMask and Infura, move to restrict access to users in certain areas. So MetaMask is a, is a wallet that uh, helps you hold it. Um, and okay, Mark, you're saying, but that's, but, but MetaMask is sort of like a, they're sort of like the, a wallet. So they, they could block it. It doesn't really change the um, protocol, but Infura, Infura is basically the service that runs all of the other Ethereum services. And so if they can now start blocking certain jurisdictions to this point, how decentralized is it? Now, a lot of times Bitcoiners, um, there's like Bitcoiners and then there's like Bitcoin maximalists and there's like toxic Bitcoiners and there's like all these little subsets. Um, but one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners would say is they call everything a scam. And I don't like to just throw that word around um, lightly. Um, I think words start to lose their meaning after a while. Like call on, someone you don't agree with, they're, they're a racist. And it's like, come on, you just can't just throw those words around. A scam is if I were to sell you something and then not give it to you or give you something different in, in return, right? As a, that'd be like a scam. And so if you are told that this is a decentralized protocol and then you find out that they can just change the, can, they can just change the monetary supply or they can just censor you when they want, doesn't that mean it's not decentralized? And if you were sold it that it was decentralized, then you find out it's not decentralized, would that be a scam? I'm asking a question. You can figure that out on your own, you know? You listen to The Mark Moss Show. I'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. 
One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We are talking about the intersection of politics, technology, and finance. It's an amazing time to be alive, witnessing all together. We're witnessing Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution changing the world right before our very eyes. We're talking about some of the latest breaking news headlines that have come out this week. Of course, I want to keep you up to date on what's happening and, of course, bring some context and and uh, I guess some of my own opinion to that as well so you can kind of understand what's going on. Um, of course, this whole Russia thing, uh, Russia, Ukraine, and sanctions has been dominating headlines. And we've seen, uh, we've seen uh, cryptocurrency come out to, I guess uh, – save the day, if you will. But what's interesting is um, not just cryptocurrency being used for that way, but even in the way that it's being done. So in Canada, we saw the truckers, like the GoFundMe campaigns get seized. But here we have this uh, Russia uh, invading Ukraine and the Ukrainian government, the actual Ukrainian government has been out soliciting donations in crypto. From uh, the headline says, uh, the Ukrainian government has been soliciting crypto donations from its official Twitter account in the form of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the dollar-denominated stablecoin Tether. Wow. The Ukrainian exchange is facilitating donations. That money is being used to support evacuees and local military personnel with drones, heat vision goggles, and gas. Wow. It says uh, the blockchain analytics firm says that the Ukrainian government has raised millions of dollars. I think uh, I saw as of yesterday, they had raised like over $50 million. So not only are we seeing, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, I should say crypto being used, Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, but we're seeing an, a government crowdfunding their own defense. Pretty interesting. Um you know the government, uh, the, the U.S. government's pledged to give some money for the for the Ukrainians, uh, but here we have both right cryptocurrency coming to the forefront, and and we're watching a government crowdfund their own effort, and we're seeing people jump in. Like I said, about fifty million had been raised. Pretty interesting. Individual investors and influencers have jumped in too. Crypto billionaire Sam Bankman-Fried, he's the founder of. Uh, FTX exchange. He gave $250,000 in Tether. So Tether is a US dollar backed stable coin. So that means one Tether coin is always worth $1. Um, so he gave $250,000 in Tether. So basically in dollars. Um, Chain.com CEO Deepak, uh, whatever his name is, donated 100 Ethereum. That's pretty good. Um, I think Ethereum is about three. Uh, is it 2800 today? So 2800 times, uh, what did I say? 100. About 280 gram. Um, yeah, about 277 at the time. Bankman Fried also said his company FTX was giving $25 to every Ukrainian user. So, wow, if you're a Ukrainian user or if you know someone that's Ukrainian, they should probably go get an account there and get $25 for free. That's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, we're seeing crypto come to the spotlight here. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, remember, I talk about that 
Price is not the most important thing to look at when we're looking at new technology. The two things that we want to look at are user growth, the network effects, and the development happening on the protocol. And so the events that happen in Canada, the events that are happening in Russia and Ukraine are driving millions of new users onto cryptocurrencies in an instant, in a heartbeat. Um, and so if we're not looking at the price, but we're looking at those other two metrics, then uh, I mean, it's extremely bullish. And of course, Bitcoin has rallied. Um, cryptocurrency has rallied uh, based off of the news. As a matter of fact, Bitcoin is up about down a little bit today, but we're up almost 30% from where we were just recently. Uh, I think based off of all this attention, we see Ethereum is up about uh, the same, about 28% um, doing good. A lot of the crypto projects haven't really caught up to that yet. So um, they're up, you know, depends on which one, but might be up a little bit less than Bitcoin and Ethereum. And probably because Bitcoin and Ethereum are the ones getting all the action and attention, right? Like I said, even the Ukrainian government is doing that. And then, you know, back to these, uh, back to these sanctions, um, it's, it's getting pretty popular here. Um, I think I talked about this in the first hour, but, you know, sanctions are basically, it's the stick. It's a way to get nations to um, move the way that you want. And so we've seen all these companies have announced sanctions against Russia. So we see um, Visa and MasterCard um, have both announced they will be blocking Russian banks from their network. Uh, that's pretty serious. Now, I feel bad for the actual Russian people who may need to buy things with their Visa or MasterCard that may not be able to. Warner Media announced on Monday it would not be releasing the Batman in Russia this weekend. <laughs> that's kind of that's actually kind of comical. Like uh, of all the sanctions, we're not going to give you Batman. Uh, okay, uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, Netflix announced Tuesday it's pausing all projects and acquisitions from Russia. Disney said uh, all releases all releases in Russia will be halted due to the country's attack on Ukraine. So um, no more Disney princess movies, unfortunately, for the Russians. Uh, pretty interesting. The thing about this is like, uh, again, this, this illustrates the difference of centralization versus decentralization, right? So these are centralized companies. And, you know, I guess they can do that if they want to, right? Um, the difference is with Bitcoin, Nobody can decide that. And I get it. That's messy. Freedom is messy. Freedom means that you have the freedom to do something I might not like. The thing is, is who's to decide what you like and what you don't like? So, for example, you know, in the U.S., they want to pass these, uh, these hate speech laws. If you say something I hate, then, uh, you know, you could be fined. Well, my daughter hates vanilla ice cream. If I say something about vanilla ice cream and she hates that, should I be fined? Who defines what that is, right? Now, under freedom, you have the right to say something I don't like, but I also have the freedom not to listen to that. So freedom's pretty messy. Uh, but, you know, back to kind of the intersection of politics, finance, and technology, um, and what's happening over here in Russia, not only is it pushing cryptocurrency and Bitcoin to the center stage, um, and then of course, uh, lots of rules and regulations coming out on top of that, it's also a perfect cover for the central banks of the United States, the Federal Reserve, to start printing more money. Now, when we talk about this from a financial standpoint, I've been talking about for quite a long time that the the Fed, the Federal Reserve, they're really stuck between a rock and a hard place here. If they continue to print more money to keep the markets propped up, 
inflation just runs too high. Like gas and steak and bread, it's becoming unaffordable and people aren't happy about that. But if they stop printing money to try to control inflation and raise rates like they promised to, then the markets start to collapse because you can't taper a Ponzi. So they're kind of stuck. We're rocking a hard place. If we keep printing too much inflation, people aren't happy. So what if we pretend that we're going to do something about it? Like we're going to pretend that we're going to raise rates. Um, and then we blame inflation on something else. So we're starting to see headlines that are popping up that says that um, because of the Russia and uh, Russia uh, Ukraine conflict, we could see inflation rage as high as 10%. Um, here we have oil jumps to the highest since 2011 as OPEC holds output steady despite Russia's war on Ukraine. So oil's jumped to its highest level since 2011. And guess what happens if oil goes up? Yeah, gas goes up. So what a good way to hide inflation, but to start a war. Interesting times. Now, you listen to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution. We're talking about politics and finance coming together. I got a lot more. I want to talk about uh, the Fed raising rates. I want to talk about the impact on global um, metrics. Um, a lot more to cover. Do not go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the intersection of politics and finance and technology together. And there's a never-ending amount of news coming out right now. Now, I've spent a lot of time talking about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and the sanctions, um, because it's dominating the news headlines, but there's a lot more going on than just that. Uh, before the break, I was talking about how you know inflation has been raging on, and um, what a good way to hide all the money printing caused inflation than to blame it on a war. It's pretty good. Pretty good way to do that. Uh, I saw a headline here. It says, uh, like I said, rising gas prices from Russia-Ukraine conflict will hit Angelinos, Los Angelinos, who can least afford it. Dang. Gas surpassed $6 a gallon. If you're in Los Angeles, that ain't too good for you. As a matter of fact, I see $6.35 a gallon in Los Angeles. I live in Southern California, not LA. I haven't filled up my truck recently. Shoot, I'm, a, I'm afraid to go look now. And it does hit the people that um, can least afford it the worst, right? So if you make a million dollars, the amount of money you spend on gas is a small percentage of your um, income versus if you make $30,000 a year. And especially what happens with a lot of lower income people too, is then they have to commute further because they have to go live where it's cheaper. So now not only that, the percentage or the, the percentage of um, their income they spend on gas is actually probably even bigger because of that. Um, so interesting way to hide this. Um, war is never good. I'm not an advocate of war. I'm not an advocate of violence. And, um, and like I said, uh, it's, uh, it's all these unintended consequences that are, that happened because of this. And, uh, you know, none of us care about the Russians and I don't think the Russians are mad at the Ukrainians either. It's these leaders. We've got to put it where, put your, uh, put your angst where it is 
needed, not where it's not. Um, what's interesting, though, is just if you look through the news headlines, there's a lot of uh, headlines that are trying to really tug on our heartstrings and really get us like really emotionally involved into this. And I would ask why. Like, Why is it that they're really trying to get everybody involved? They want us to back their effort. You know, the you've probably heard of uh, nationalism. And nationalism is a way where um, it's kind of like, a, you, you, I'm sure you know plenty of people who are like really into sports, right? Football or baseball or whatever. And they talk about their team. And it's and then when they talk about their game, if they won, it's like, we won or we lost. And it's like, you don't even play, all right? But people get so into their teams and nationalism is, is kind of the same way where they get us so into our country. It's us versus them. Go America kind of a thing. Um, it's not a good situation. I'm not talking out against it, but just beware when you're watching this information of, of which side you're siding on. And like I said, think about what these, um, knock on effects or other, other effects really are. I saw, um, you know, back to the fed raising rates. I was talking about the feds kind of stuck between this rock and a hard place. And, um, it seems like they had committed to raising rates about seven times. They had committed to stopping the taper. So what does that mean? So they're pumping money into the markets. They're stimulating the markets and they want to start tapering that off, meaning they're not going to stop pumping money in, but they were going to start tapering it, meaning cutting back the amount of stimulus they were providing. Of course, um, they said they were going to end it by March, which is this month. And that doesn't look like it's happening. And now they're saying that, um, you know, shoot, now because we've sanctioned Russia, um, there's going to be a lot less dollars going around the banking system, and we might need to now make more dollars and, and inject them into the system. What an interesting uh, turn of events. And now it's looking like um, the rate hikes and the stim stimulus could be off the table because, of course... We need to have that liquidity. Otherwise, they're warning us that this could cause another Lehman-style event. If you don't know what that means, that goes back to the great financial crash of 2008. Um, Lehman Brothers was the first investment bank that went under, and then it dragged the entire banking system down with it. And so they're saying we could see another Lehman-style event um, by sanctioning Russia. It could actually crash the markets unless, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, unless, unless the central banks can come to your rescue and they can jump in and, uh, you know, pump the money back up. And it's not just the sanction itself that's causing it. Other areas are, for example, um, here's a headline that says, Russian money flows through U.S. real estate. Now, it says, despite new sanctions, Russians have spent years pouring funds into properties. As President Joe Biden vo vows to punish Russia with financial sanctions by seizing yachts, mansions, and other assets, members of the real estate community and lawmakers are skeptical about how successful he'll be at getting access to the money Russians have been pouring into real estate for decades. So um, kind of on the West Coast in uh, in California and Washington and Vancouver, you have the Chinese and they've been buying up the West Coast. And I guess over on the East Coast, you have the Russians that are buying that up. And of course they are, right? If you live in a country that tells you that they're going to freeze your money or seize your money or steal your money whenever they want, then you're highly motivated to not keep your money there. So if you're in China and you know that if you say the wrong thing on social media, you say the wrong thing, your government could disappear you or freeze your accounts, then you're going to get that money out. You're going to go buy real estate in Vancouver or San Francisco. And you don't care 
if you pay over market value. You don't care if you pay over market value and it drops by 50%. You don't care because it's better than the alternative of leaving it somewhere where you could lose all of it. And the same is true uh, for the Russians as well. And so we've been seeing that. It says, uh, at a minimum from cases reported in the last five years, more than $2.3 billion has been moved into U.S. real estate. Wow. So they're saying that uh, it could also cause the real estate market to crash. Now, do you have the tinfoil hat next to you? Let me just uh, go ahead and throw that on for a second. Let me explain something to you here. If you go back through history, anytime there's a financial crisis, war seems to follow. Now, we're at a situation. So in 1971, President Richard Nixon took the United States off of the gold standard. So the entire world's currency, we had a one world currency, it was a gold standard. The dollar was backed by gold. All the currencies were pegged to the dollar. 1971, just over 50 years ago, that was severed. And we went into a free-floating currency called a fiat currency. Fiat means by decree. In 50 years, since it was no longer backed by gold, they have no backing. In 50 years, they've created over $300 trillion out of thin air. Now, central banks have two tools. They have interest rates and they have the money supply. So the interest rates, um, if they lower interest rates, it encourages people to borrow more, which creates money. Uh, but interest rates are at zero or negative in most parts of the world. That tool is gone. They've created over $300 trillion. As a matter of fact, over $20 trillion just in the last 18 months. How much more can they create? And the more they create, the more inflation we get. Now, if you and I were playing a game, like a board game, and I was out of moves, you're out of moves, what do we do? Well, we reset the game. The financial system has to be reset. Now, this is not a conspiracy. Um, 80 years ago, it was reset onto a gold standard, the Bretton Woods Agreement, and the IMF is now calling for a Bretton Woods II. What does that mean? Well, Bretton Woods I was reset in the global financial system. Bretton Woods II is the same thing. And what a better way to blame a crash of the financial system, a reset of the financial system, than on a war. Hey, the real estate market crashing wasn't our fault. We had it under control. It was because of the Russians, right? We had everything under control. It was, uh, if it wasn't for those pesky kids, if you guys, if you guys used to watch uh, Scooby-Doo, if it wasn't for those pesky kids, if it wasn't for these pesky Russians, we, we had everything under control. The markets were fine. But now, you know, it's all crashed. Now all these pensioners lost their pensions. Now all these entitlements that we owe, we can't afford to pay them anymore. But, but it wasn't our fault. We had it. We had it. We, we were good. We were gonna, the Fed was going to give us a soft landing, right? But now we can just blame it on the war. It's all their fault. Um, the key is, is that nobody should be in charge of manipulating the, the currency, which is, of course, why we need something like Bitcoin, a decentralized protocol. You're listening to the Mark Moss Show. And of course, that's what we're talking about here. Bitcoin, the decentralized um, revolution that the world is going through, how it's affecting politics and finance. It's very, very interesting. I got a lot more to cover. So don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. 
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are living through, we're witnessing right now. Of course, we're talking about how this intersects politics, finance, and technology. All three that are changing the world as we go through it. I'm trying to bring some uh, you know, perspective, some relevance to what's going on. And we're talking about some of the latest breaking news that's been going on. Of course, um, the the Russia-Ukraine conflict has been front and center for the world. But I think more than just looking at that, you know, obviously not trying to dissect it from a political standpoint. I am no um, I'm no expert in uh, Ukrainian or Russian politics, so I don't really have a lot to add there. But I think from a financial standpoint, it's pretty interesting to take a look at, and then to really kind of think about some of these ripple effects that are caused by that. I see this uh, article just came out: economic dangers from Russia's invasion ripple across the globe. It says the repercussions are menacing the global economy, shaking financial markets, and making life more perilous for everyone. And it says, uh, here's a quote from Clay Lowry. He says, we are actually in uncharted territory. And if you think about it, like part of it is because the world is so connected together. Um, so uh, uh, President Biden said that uh, we're going to take away uh, Russia's ability to have high tech, high technology. And they, they, he plans to do that by um, taking away their ability to get microchips or microprocessors. And I saw Taiwan, who's a major uh, supplier of those, came out in support and said, we stand with Ukraine, we're going to stop them. But like, it's interesting if you if you like, really dig into that for a second. It's like, well, okay, we're going to prevent them from getting microchips. Um, but where do we get the supplies to make the microchips? Like we need like rare earth elements and minerals. And like, where do those come from? Oh, they come from Russia. <laughs> Uh, and Russia gets, I think, 70% of them from China anyway. And China has not come out in favor of any type of sanctions. So if we are going to sanction Russia from getting chips, then they just sanction us from getting the supplies we need to make the chips. It's pretty interesting how that works. Um, and we found out like when the pandemic broke out, um, shoot, uh, almost two years ago is when we first had lockdowns. Pretty, pretty crazy how fast things have gone by. But we saw like in the United States that we couldn't even make our own um, PPE, like our own face mask and stuff like that. It all came from China. We also found out that um, back to the rare earth elements, the REEs, um, those are like magnets and they go in all kinds of technology today, right? So we put them in um, missile guidance systems. We put them in, uh, in consumer electronics as well, but our military needs them for the submarines and for the missile guidance systems and things like that. And uh, we don't uh, have any in the United States. We get them all from China. And so how could the U.S. sanction China? How could the U.S. go to war with China if we can't even equip our military without getting stuff from China? And so the whole world is really, really connected together. Now, Russia and China have appeared to get together against the United States. And so um, I suppose that... Uh, the USA and China could just say, well, we're not going to do business together anymore. But if the US didn't buy Chinese products, then China falls apart. And sure, Russia could just buy from China, but Russia is a very, very, very tiny um, economy. So they can't really pick up for what, the, what America would drop off. And of course, so if America drops off buying stuff from China, then China falls. But America can't stop buying stuff from China because we need it. And so the whole world is very, very connected. 
Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't really have any prediction, although I guess I do say that uh, I believe the world is going to be much more decentralized. And so we're kind of going to what I've been calling the blow off top of centralization. A blow off top is um, typically used in financial terms. So if you were to look at like the dot com boom in stock market in the late 2000s or the Bitcoin boom in, in 2017, um, a blow off top is where the markets start to gain so much steam, so much momentum, they go into like this parabolic straight up stage. And as it's going up, it just sucks in more and it sucks in more and it sucks in more, which makes it go up even faster. And at the top of that market, before it blows off, it gets very volatile, meaning it goes up and down, up and down, up and down really fast. So when Bitcoin was in its um, parabolic run in 2017, before it blew off all the way from 20,000 back to 3,000, um, it got very volatile. We saw it drop, I think, 30% like every month, which if the stock market drops by like 3%, that's a big deal. It dropped by 30% every month. It got very volatile at the top. And that's exactly what's happening with this peak centralization. The whole world has become so centralized and so connected, and it's gotten faster and faster and faster. The more that it's gotten connected, the more it has become connected. And I think a lot of people have just started uh, just giving everything to the nanny state, right? We don't want to deal with uh, healthcare, so you just take that over. And we don't want to deal with education, so you just take that over. And we don't want to care, we don't deal with taking care of the poor, so you just take that over. And uh, we've we've got to this point of peak centralization. And of course, as I said, in a blow off top, it's the most volatile at the top. And so that's what we're seeing, right? We're seeing protests happening all around the world. People are pushing back and it's wars breaking out, et cetera. And that's exactly what happens. And it ultimately starts all from the money supply. If we chase all of these problems down and we chase them and all the way to their base, what we see is it's always the money supply. Um, and it's through creating all this fake fiat currency that we've allowed these institutions to get so big and get so much power. And it has a lot of impact into other areas that you maybe don't think about. There was a headline I saw this week that's kind of unrelated to what we've been talking about. And it says, uh, Amazon to shut its bookstores and other shops as its grocery chain expands. And so Amazon said on Wednesday, it plans to close 68 of its brick and mortar um, bookstores, pop-ups and shops carrying toys and home goods in the United States and the United Kingdom, ending some of its longest running retail experiments. So it's going to close all of them, all 68. If you think about Amazon, for example, so Amazon, you know, came on the scene and it's destroyed small businesses. It's destroyed mom and pop shops. Um, and, you know, I love Amazon. I, I don't like Amazon, but I use Amazon all the time because one, it's cheap. Two, it's a good way to find, you know, what I need. And three, it just delivers to my house, you know, same day or next day. I, I lived in Puerto Rico all last year. And one of the things that I had a problem with in Puerto Rico is Amazon Prime takes like two weeks to get there. Uh, and that was, a, that was difficult to get used to. But um, but what Amazon has done is all these specialty retailers, all these mom and pop shops have gone out of business. Now, Amazon has been able to undercut everybody because they're tapped into the money printer. So the way that the money printer works is something known as the Cantillon effect. The Cantillon effect says that whoever's the closest to the money has the um, advantage. And as the money trickles down through the system, um, it affects people adversely. So um, Amazon has been able to grow so big because they have access to all this almost free capital. They've been able to get all these investment banks to give them money, right, through, through through uh, listing themselves public, et cetera. And because they have all this money, they were allowed to 
blow up, get gigantic and lose money year after year after year after year by undercutting all these people. Now, as a small business owner, I can't do that. I can't run my business at a loss because I don't have access to that free money, right? So they were able to run at a loss for years and years and years and years and years, putting all these people out of business. And now what happens? They just announced they're going to close all of their brick and mortar stores. So all these, where they, where they opened up all these brick and mortar stores, they probably put small businesses out of business around there. And now they're just going to pull out. It's a big problem. And the reason why I bring that up after I've been talking about Russia, Ukraine, and sanctions is because it all goes back to problems of the money printer. If it wasn't access to unlimited um, liquid capital, uh, free money, if you will, almost, then this would never have happened. These are the unintended consequences that we've been talking about throughout the day. Hopefully that makes sense. And of course, the way that we get around it is so that we don't have a money printer. So nobody is allowed to create more money for themselves. Nobody has control over the financial system. That is what will lead to a much more free and fair world. At least in my opinion, I'd love to hear how I'm wrong. Send me a message on Twitter at one Mark Moss. I'd love to hear your take on it. By the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We've been talking about Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution. We've been talking about the intersection of politics, finance, and technology. And I'm just sitting on the sidelines watching it all go by and I'm reporting it to you. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, like I said, send me a message at one Mark Moss. I'd love to hear what you think. And uh, that's what I got for you today. Thanks for listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.